0: One of the things that attracts us to the fire service is the sense of brotherhood, or perceived brotherhood. We like the idea of all gathering around and doing things together as a crew. And after all, we face life and death situations together. Why shouldn't we go do other things together too? However, one of the things I've seen is deterioration of that sense of brotherhood. And this can be for a myriad of reasons. Generational mentalities, room separations, and that's just to name a few. In today's episode, I'll talk about why that brotherhood is so important, some reasons that may have deteriorated our built-in brotherhood, and what we can do today to take action and bring it back into our firehouses. Also, I've got a pretty big surprise for you all today. Not many of you know this, but growing up, I was huge into the punk rock scene. I was going to shows probably two to three times a week, and I was really into playing the guitar as one of the ways that I help myself deal with stress. Teenagers, right? <laughs> some of my all-time favorite bands were, and still are, Face to Face, Black Wagon, Goldfinger, The Bouncing Souls, MXPX. Maybe you guys know some of those. I could go on. But one of the bands I've probably seen play live over 20 times since 1996 is Less Than Jake, and they are still putting out amazing albums one of my all-time favorite bands. Through the podcast world, I was able to connect with the lead singer, Krista Makes, and as a result, I asked him to write a custom song for the Ignited Firefighter podcast, and he sent me pure gold. So today, I debut the new song for the Ignited Firefighter podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy. Amazing was that, right? I am still geeking out over it and I've got it like on loop over and over again. But anyway, moving on, let's get into it. Like I said in the intro, we all want that unique, true sense of brotherhood that people think of when it comes to the fire service. How often do we see it showcased in movies and television, right? Like Backdraft, Ladder 49, even that horrible TV show, 911, which shows people sliding down a fire hose from the tip of an elevated master stream ladder into the warehouse that's got obvious defensive conditions in order to, quote, fight the beast from the inside out. <laughs> they still show that camaraderie that we all desire when they aren't doing stupid crap like that. It's unique. It's important. It's unique because no other profession other than the military that I can think of groups strangers together to run into burning buildings and then expects them to get along and be civil to each other the other 22 hours of the shift. Now, I understand that if you're in the military, you're not necessarily running into burning buildings, but you get the idea. This camaraderie is important because it helps us maintain our mental health in a profession where it's becoming our Achilles heel. The camaraderie is deteriorating in firehouses across the country. But fear not, there is something we can do about it. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about today. Let's first talk about some of the elements that are affecting this ideal situation. Now, these are elements that I've personally witnessed. And I'm not saying this is definitely the reason for all decline in unity. What I'm saying is, these are the things that I've personally witnessed that have had a negative effect on our sense of brotherhood. So, one of those elements is generational divide. Again, From what I've witnessed, and I'm not saying that this is the case across the board, generational mentalities have had a negative impact on our cultures. And let me rephrase that, I guess. A lack of willingness to understand different generational mentalities has had a negative impact on our cultures. When our profession hires people, we tend to do it in large groups, uh, cohorts. And that results in creating tiers of people who most likely all come from the same generation. With a few outliers, of course, this does great for the camaraderie among those cohorts. However, mixing those cohorts with seasoned people who come from different generations and have different motivators causes a bit of a rift. And I'll talk more about how we can address this in just a bit. But the other thing I've noticed is room separation. With all the progress that comes along with a more diverse workforce, you have to understand that said progress will infringe upon some existing pillars of what it means to be a firefighter and what makes our culture so unique. Now, I'm not putting this on you ladies. I'm not putting it on you at all. And don't get me wrong. If you're a female in the fire service and you've proven that you can physically and mentally do the job, just like us men have to physically and mentally prove that we can do the job, then I have no problem going into battle right next to you. And in fact. I just had a commercial fire a few sets back where I got to go in with one of the strongest and most capable firefighters I've ever met, who happens to be female. But with the increase in women joining the fire service, there came along structural changes to how firehouses are built. So now we have private dorm rooms and the community sleeping quarters are a thing of the past. This change isn't just about gender, though. It can also be traced back to mental health and respecting personal space. So again, I'm not putting it on the ladies at all. What I'm saying is that these are changes that are happening and it does have an effect, positive or negative. Progressive doesn't just have to do with gender. Mental health is a big part of it as well. Now, I don't list these things in order to demonize them. That's not why I listed them. I listed them to point out how some of those changes that are happening, regardless of how we feel about them, affect us. The name of the game when it comes to the fire service is adapt and overcome, right? Maybe bringing up these things that I've noticed will help you tune your radar to the things that may have changed around you. So you can find a way to adapt and propose an open solution to any issues that might result from said changes. In the spirit of offering solutions, I'd like to talk about four ways specifically that we can keep in mind when trying to address the issues that may be chipping away at the cherished sense of camaraderie that we all love. These are four ways or four things we can focus on or do uh, in order to build that back up, in order to shore it back up and get it to where we want it to be. So number one, communication. Big surprise, right? We all know how important communication is in the fire service. Being able to communicate effectively can be the difference between life and death. We have to be able to communicate clearly. We have to be able to receive what's being communicated in an unbiased manner. And if necessary, be humble enough to ask for clarification. There are a number of different communication styles. And I'm not saying that one's better than the other. Not at all. Uh, Chances are you've got a mixed bag. At your firehouse. So everybody communicates differently, right? For the most part. Morning meetings, I think, are a great way for the company officer to communicate the expectations for the day and inform everyone of scheduled or ad hoc training. We also have the informal meetings that we hold at the dining table around lunch and dinner time, right? These are opportunities to communicate with each other about the 911 calls that we've run that day or workouts that we may have done together possible training opportunities, family updates, all of that. And it can also be a place where you air some grievances and give and get support while also working together to brainstorm solutions to ongoing issues, big and small. Like, where'd the damn can opener go? Like, who's got it hidden in their locker? (laughs) These are real things. (laughs) When I mention the airing of grievances, it's funny though, because I can't help but think of that Seinfeld episode where they talk about Festivus, <laughs> the a holiday that includes the airing of grievances and the feats of strength. <laughs> so good. So good. I feel like if I ever get promoted to captain, that will be something that I will instill as a standard practice. Festivus. <laughs> Number two, patience. This is not an easy one for me. Patience is something I've had to consciously foster and practice for years. And it can take some time to hone this skill. Some people are very naturally gifted in it. I am not. Maybe it's the Aries in me. I don't know. I recently saw a video posted by someone that I trust very much where it showed Simon Sinek talking about how in order to be considerate and foster our leadership skills, we should exercise patience and be the last to speak. And I'll post a link to the video in the show notes so you guys can watch it later. But in the video... Cynic states that the skill to hold your opinions to yourself does two things. It, one, gives everyone else the feeling that they've been heard, which is super important, especially in the fire service. And two, you get the benefit of hearing what everyone thinks before you reveal your opinion. Now, this not only facilitates incredible patience, but it gives you power and control in how you come across to others. So this kind of reminded me of a situation that happened to me last set. Uh, I was roved to a different station for a matter of hours due to some staffing issues and training uh, scheduling. And during my stint at this station, there was a captain. I was only there for four hours, I think. There was a captain, and he was there on OT as the medic on on the AMBO, the ALS provider, not as the captain on the fire truck. He wasn't there. In, his, in like to fulfill his role as captain. He was there basically as a warm body. So we had ALS coverage and I sat at the table having a conversation with one of the guys on my truck and this captain very loudly and very rudely interrupted to interject his thoughts on what we were talking about when nobody asked him, literally cut me off mid-sentence to jam his opinion right in the middle. So I immediately stopped talking mid-word, like literally mid-word, and just looked at him and waited for him to finish. And then when he was done, I kept eye contact and waited a little bit more, and I could tell he was feeling a little bit awkward at this point. And please don't misunderstand. I wasn't like nitpicking at him. I had just witnessed him continually interrupt literally everyone at that station at one point or another during my short four-hour stint there. And I was amazed at the level of rudeness that he displayed. This is company officer. This is a very clear boundary that I have when it comes to talking to people and when people talk to me. Interrupting people is rude and I don't tolerate it. And uh, I let him know without so many words, right? I kept that eye contact, just kept quiet, let him say what he wanted to say. I didn't flare up at him. I didn't get violent at him. So after this little awkward pause, I asked in a simple and neutral tone, are you done or is that it? And then I went back to my conversation as if nothing happened. Patience not only gives you those benefits that Cynic listed, but it also shows that you care about people and what they have to say. Rather than interrupt them and jam your opinion in, why not wait and offer your opinion when the time is right? Number three, plan an event away from work. We see those instances in the movies or TV shows where the crews are off duty at someone's house for one of their kids' birthday parties, or they're having poker night, or maybe they're just hanging out. And this is all awesome. This is how things should be. I hope these types of things are happening for you, whatever fire department you work for. I really do. Personally, I wish it would happen more often. And if it isn't happening all that often where you are, here's what you can do to facilitate that make a plan plan an outside event outside of work maybe the first day you come off shift you can all go to brunch maybe you can plan a night at top golf and i'm not sure if you you all have these where you are top golf is basically like a bowling alley except with golfing bays like it's like a driving range it's huge it's it's amazing if you guys have one near you and you haven't gone to one yet go to one it's a blast they have great food too Uh, It's like an unpaid sponsorship, I guess, right there, huh? (laughs) A little plug for them. Uh, But plan something. Take action to make it known that you'd like to arrange something fun to do outside of work and then pull the trigger on it. Schedule it. Make it known to everybody. And it may take some while to gain some, some ground. And maybe you start with just two guys showing up, but then two becomes three and three becomes four and so on and so on. It snowballs. And pretty soon, it's a tradition that's been going on for 10 years. But you have to take action. You've got to start now. Number four, include families. I know some crews who have what they call first Friday family night. And this is where they plan on inviting members. They have like a standing order so that uh, family members can come over for dinner on the first Friday of their shift of that month. This isn't invasive, and it's spaced far enough apart that it isn't obtrusive to the vibe of the firehouse. So you don't have families coming over like every set, because trust me, that can get annoying, right? And you guys know what I'm talking about. But it's just enough, right? It's just enough for families to feel like they're a part of the club, as they should be. This also helps ease some tension at home if your spouse may be feeling like you spend too much time with your work buddies. By including family and things like this, you ease tension across the board, which is good for mental health, right? And that's a huge, like I mentioned earlier, becoming a huge Achilles heel for the fire service. So anything we can do to facilitate our benefit of mental health or an increased uh, sense or level of mental health, the better. Remember... The power to create opportunities to bond is something that doesn't just have to be a spectator sport. You don't have to wait for training opportunities to see your buddy you went to the academy with 10 years ago. You don't have to wait to see what station you may be at the next set to see who you might get to hang out with when you haven't seen them for months. Make an effort. Make a plan. And don't be shy about it. Openly say, Hey guys, I'd like to arrange a day we can go hit the driving range and maybe afterwards get lunch. Make an effort and create those opportunities to bond. Our careers go by quick, guys, so make the most of them and make the most of the friendships you gain along the way. What are some of the ways you've helped foster opportunities to bond at your firehouse? What are some of the things you guys do together? Share it with us in the group. Click the link in the show notes or visit facebook.com slash groups slash ignited firefighter podcast community here you can connect with me and firefighters from all over the world and I literally say that guys all over the world gain some perspective and get some support by brothers and sisters who actually care about building up the brotherhood that the fire service should be you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at ignitedff engage with me and the rest of us in the group It's a perfect way to share and obtain new ways to arm yourself with some strategies so you can stand firm in your principles. And if you want to take a look at the products and merchandise that I'm currently offering, visit www.ignitedff.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be Ignited.